I'm Suzanne Jones and welcome to Talking Property with Mark Polisco. And um, Mark, uh, House Rules is finished on Channel 7, so obviously the block's next off the ranks for um, Channel 9. And uh, you've got some news about uh, the block and the next after this one. Yeah, that's right. Well, they've just bought a site now, so they're about to start this series now in, um, in St Kilda, or the old Oslo Hotel, which is being redeveloped into five townhouses. But they've now just bought the block of land for the 2020 or the 2020 series and that's over in Brighton so it used to be an old nursing home called the Andrina nursing home and it used to be owned by them then it was bought after that by Lloyd Williams and his son Nick Williams and they were going to turn it into an apartment complex they sold the site and it was permitted for townhouses and um, now it's been sold off market again through um through uh, Savills has sold that to the producers of Channel 9 um, for next series of the block. So what they're doing is similar to what they did in Elstomick a couple of years ago. They're going to be moving five unrenovated houses there. They'll be extending them, probably putting a little laneway and garage at the back with the studio, and they'll probably sell them for 4 or $5 million each. Ooh. So that's the next block next year. So as far as the figures go for the journey of this site, uh, you know, what were we talking about? What did Lloyd Williams sell it for? And uh, yeah, well, he, he doubled his money, actually. He paid it for, I think he bought it for about 5.3 in, in 2013, and he sold it for um, 10.2 in 2015. The purchaser who sold, the, the purchaser of that block is the one who sold it to the producers of the block and I understand that he wanted 13 million but I'm hearing that he's um, received close to 15 million for it. So that's what Watercrest as well, that's what the producers of the block have paid. Oh, so we know then that uh, the block's going to be going into another series. Yeah, this yeah definitely. And it'll be houses again rather than apartments <laughs> now. So we know the ne- next year is going to be houses. A bit unlike MasterChef. Yes, well, did you hear? They fired everybody I heard today. They fired all their chefs this morning. Yes. All the judges. So they'll be, yeah, I wonder if they might do that next year. They might change format and I can't imagine I'll get rid of the. I don't know. I reckon I'd really like to see some new judges on it. A bit of change it up and, you know, just on the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so too. I think, I think, well, maybe they will do something like that. It, it, it hasn't become a tied formula yet. yet. It's, it's still doing pretty well ratings mm. wise, but I think that. Um, you know, I'm always up for them changing their format a bit. Yes. Now, also a bit of news about prestige residential circles recently. Yeah, that's right. Well, Chris Morris, the Computer Share co-founder, he um, he put his house on Beaconsfield Parade on the market late last year, and I think it was uh, more than twelve million dollars, which is the price that he's achieved for it now. So it's finally moved. Uh, I noticed that coming up sold at the end of last month. So um, Kane Burton closed that deal there. Uh, so yeah, he's leaving the waterfront. Beaconsfield Parade is often often considered Melbourne's most expensive street based on land values they say that per square meter you're paying more for beaconsfield parade than you pay for anywhere else in melbourne so yeah so it's it's on he's on the most expensive expensive row of uh, of, of real estate in melbourne he was and uh, so we've gone from chris morris to victoria's richest woman Oh, well, she also lives right near him. So oh. she's the yeah, Victoria Richards woman is Naomi Milgram. So she bought a property just near um, where Chris Morris's place was, um, the old Danish club, and she renovated that. So her place is worth substantially more than $12 million because I think it's four or five, sh- four or five street fronts and she's bought blocks around the, the side of it as well, plus it's been renovated. So, um, yeah, hers will be a pretty expensive house, but it's just around the corner from where he was. So And it's like a who's who, as you were saying along there, because didn't Mario Salvo from um, Salvo's... Uh, yeah, he, yeah he, he lived on... There and then he sold them, moved to the uh, to the waterfront in Brighton. So no, no, there's a, there's a fair bit of wealth on Beaconsfield Parade and Middle Park around there. 
So when you're talking about Middle Park being, you know, one of the most expensive as far as land values go, um, what other areas in Melbourne or Melbourne streets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's another one in Albert, in Albert Park. They often say it's St Vincent's Place, which is um, opposite the St Vincent's Garden. They often say that that's, that that's got some of the most expensive real estate per square metre of land. South Yarra, over near the Botanic Gardens, there's a street called Marne Street that I understand gets some really high rates per square metre. A lot of streets around East Melbourne as well. Um, you know, the little terrace houses itself are five or six million dollars. So, based on their land value, that is um, higher than anywhere else in Melbourne. So, yeah, it tends to be Beaconsfield Parade, um, East Melbourne, and 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 around the around the Botanical Garden area of South Mel- of South Yarra, of um, South Yarra as well. I hear. Mm. Yeah. And what about though Brighton? You know, we can't leave out because some of those uh, our good folk at Brighton might get a bit uh, annoyed. Some they got left, left <laughs> off your list. Yeah, well, in Brighton, the houses are worth a little bit more because they're on bigger blocks. But there are some streets there that um, that get like really postcard views of the Brighton bathing boxes and the city. So Shanford Avenue is one of them. Um, so yeah, there are a couple around there and a couple around a couple around that south side. But I still reckon that Beaconsfield Parade is the pick of the bunch. Yeah, so that's going on the values, but what about the status and desirability? Well, then, yes, in that case, well, Beaconsfield Parade and St Vincent's Place is still considered is still considered pretty bloody da. But um, if you're going to be going by status, you then move over to Turak, and you then have you know Albany Road, St George's Road. Um, you can then sort of go over to your Canterbury and include things like Monomeath Avenue or Mont Albert Road. You've got your Hawthorne East and you've got um, Harcourt Street or Hampton Street in Armadale. So there's lots lots of others. Um, and in Brighton, of course, has several as well, St Ninian's Avenue. But the reason that they're worth so much is because the blocks of land are more often than not quite big and um, and the houses are, are, are as big. So, um, so you still, you know, if I had to have $5 million, I'd... Probably still prefer a bit of house on land in somewhere like Brighton and then a little terrace house in East Melbourne, but uh, but there's buyers for both. So what about any um, – has there been any eight-figure sales recently? Well, other than Chris Morris's one, yeah. We had one last month, actually, funny enough, in uh, in Kew. So this was a house that former National Australia Bank chief executive Ahmed Fahua built. And um, I can't remember exactly what he sold it for, but he, he built this house in Kew. It was on a 2,000-square-metre block of land. It has all the bells and whistles, a tennis court, spa. And he sold that to go to Hawthorne. Uh, so he bought a house called Invergarry in Hawthorne, which he also renovated. And then he sold – and I think he paid $20 million for Invergarry. And then he sliced off a bit of the backyard. He's renovated the house, and then he's been trying to sell it for forty to forty-four million dollars. So um, yeah, so the one in Kew, which was in uh, thirty-three Sackville Street, I think that sold for more than twelve million dollars. And um, just the last big town, you know, eight-figure deal, I think, was um, Jezradi um, in Port Melbourne. Uh, the owner of Benson uh, developer Benson Property, he owns it's a beautiful apartment on top of the HMAS um, complex in in Port Melbourne. So that was for sale for about that was for sale for years. But I think that um, they closed a deal on that for for sixteen million dollars. So yeah, so well, we might going well. in and having a look at some of these. You can still if you go online. Oh. I, I go on I go and have a look at those properties all the time. Just sometimes I often do searches and search from top value to bottom value. So you'd often get the twenty million dollar penthouse or the forty four million dollar Hawthorne house, and I'll just go and look them up. They're pretty pretty special. Also, in the filters, you do the prices of houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I like yeah, I do like my property. So that's sometimes what I do when I need you know motivation. Check out forty million dollar houses, but um. Yeah. 
Now, going from the houses to now, I know you're not a fan of buying apartments, but uh, let's talk about uh, the big skyscrapers. There's two new skyscrapers set to start construction, um, you know, on the city fringe. Yeah, well, they're both. Um, yeah, that's right. So one of them is uh, um, at 1000 Latrobe Street. It's a really good block of land just opposite the. Um, Polly. Yeah, Polly Australia, that's right. Now, that, that's got a bit of a history with it, that um, site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a pick of the bunch site. It's a great it's a great position. And when they build up on there, you'll be able to get view security over Victoria Harbour. And um, so it, it's got that going for it. I think it was previously owned by Salter. I think it was also previously owned by um, a, a company called Digital Harbour years and years ago. No, they were one of the seven precincts of Docklands and that was supposed to yeah. become a place of high-tech industry. Oh, That's high- right. I Because I was wondering what happened to that because it was earmarked as Digital Harbour. Yeah. But I think there was a bit of conjecture when uh, you know it did change hands that, oh, they paid too much for it and uh, they tried to do a residential scheme but now it's yeah, a commercial that's scheme. Right. Well, it is a commercial scheme now. It would have been great as a residential scheme, the one at 1000 Latrobe Street, just for the fact that you get the view security. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, going with the, they're going with the commercial project now. They, it's a 23-level office building, which they think is going to be their, their, their flagship property once completed. So um, they turned the sod on that a couple of days ago. So that, that's one tower under construction in Melbourne. And also uh, in South Melbourne, Capital Alliance has appointed Kremer Group, and they're building a 40-storey building called the Normanby at 211 Normanby Street in South Melbourne. So this is going to include um, an AC Marriott Hotel and also... Uh, two, um, I think there's 200 apartments. I have to double check that, but there's also own your own apartments in there as well. So, so the Kremer Group, as far as um, builders go, they've really sort of come up now um, with their work. Uh, I suppose there's the one in um, South Yarra, the residential, um, and it had the big mural on the side of it. They do a lot of public. Oh art yeah, yeah, on yeah. The side. No, yeah. I do. I do. I do do a few fancy buildings, Kremer. That's right. So um, there's been this be another one now. So. With all this, do you think that we're in for a building boom? Um, I don't know if we're in for a building boom or in for a bit of a building burst, which is good. There seems to be a lot happening. There was a while there that um, a, lot, a lot of projects were on ice. So when you've suddenly got someone like Polly building a 23-level office um, without a tenant pre-commitment, that's, that's, that's pretty good news. And also the one in South Melbourne. Um, so no, I, think, I think we'll have a bit of a burst. I don't know if we'll have a boom like we did... You know, eight or ten years ago, that was amazing when Fisherman's Bend, when Fisherman's Bend first came up, and every every week there'd be five or six new proposals for there. I don't think I'll ever report something like that again. But um, there is some serious starting to see. Some, well, I'm starting to see some things happening, which is good. And uh, going back to that too, because um, Polly, they are quite active because um, they're moving offices as well. So they were in Burke Street and now I think they're going to Rialto, just oh, a bit yeah. further up. Oh, so yeah, a little uh, bit closer to 1,000. Yeah, yeah, to 1,000 to the site. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so what else uh, is happening as far as uh, Brunswick? You should uh, yeah, know about well, this. I did actually. I was going to talk about the listing, but I just found out that that property is actually sold. So that was only put up on my website about uh, five or six days ago. So it was a development site in Brunswick and it's next door to an 11-level building, which is one of the built tallest buildings in Brunswick. And so um, some, someone's obviously realised they can they can build exactly the same. So I noticed that I noticed a big sold banner coming up on that. Dominic Gibson sold that from Melbourne Acquisitions and James Latos. So, yeah, there's something there. And there might also be something happening in Turak Village because um, Bill McNeese bought the Turak Way little retail arcade, which is right in the guts of the Turak Village there. And it's a double-storey building with small offices and small retail so I think that's on and it's a massive car park at the back so I think that's one well over, well over 2,000 square metres so I've got a feeling that Turak will start seeing could, could see a big tall building coming up there in a couple of years Ah, oh, 
Um, and co-working space now. Um, that's sort of, you know, the buzzword in the industry. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is a little bit. Well, yeah, there's been – well, this is a company called The Commons and um, late last year there was a developer called Riverly who, which, which, who, um, which backed The Commons financially. So they've got a couple of locations in inner Melbourne and they've got one in Sydney, but they've just opened up their first um, co-working space in QV in the city. And um, I, I've, I've been in these co-working offices before. I've visited people here and there. I, it's probably not for me. I like to work in a bit of silence. I don't like to work in... Uh, I'm the opposite to what a lot of people who go to co-working offices want. But, um, yeah, no, it, it seems like a, it's a very different way of, of, of working. Like, you go in there, it's, it's dog-friendly. I couldn't. I had to double-check that when I was reading the press <laughs> release. Like, it's dog-friendly. Of course they told me it's dog-friendly. So, it's yeah, even less likely I'm going to want to work there now. <laughs> but have you noticed, or is it just me, um, you know... There are so many more dogs in cafes uh, and just along the street, and it must yeah. be because of you know the season. But they've all got jackets on and uh, oh yeah 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 <laughs> they're all they're all very very fancy they they, they they dress very very well now it's incredible <laughs> and, and I noticed um, in Kmart the other day right near the registers was kitty litter and doggy diapers and I thought. Oh. oh, right near the registers, so that impulse buy. And I thought, well, I don't know, is it just uh, a lot more uh, getting out and about with their animals? I don't know, but I couldn't think of anything worse than changing a doggy diaper. So, <laughs> no, definitely. I couldn't think of anything worse than trying to put... I've got two very grumpy cats and I just couldn't think of anything worse than if I tried to approach them with clothes, I'd get scratched. So, But some people obviously train their pets a bit better than I do. But, um, yeah, no, I couldn't work in an office environment with dogs around, I don't think. I mean... But, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm probably a bit more on the conservative I did, side. Uh, I, yeah, I'm like with you with the co-working because uh, I, I like to have my space. It's a bit like um, sharing a house, house sharing. You've really got to get along with the people that you share with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's exactly right. I think that's exactly right. Some of the models work. Like I, when I lived at Phillip Island, I was thinking about um, joining up. There's a company called Waterman and they had offices in the Caribbean Gardens, which was out in Scoresby, and they were also opening up in Shadison. So it'll be good to have little bases in these kinds of areas. But um, I, I, I think I'm going to do a story on it just to sort of price it so people get a bit of an idea about what it costs for someone who only wants to use it once a week or what, what it costs for regulars. But um, the Commons actually has some really good um, tenant lists. I think that um, I think GetUp, uh, Change.org is one of the people who rents there. So they've actually got some, some good tenants. And I can see the flexibility of co-working offices because as your company expands, you can expand with them. But um, so far, not for me. I, I, I prefer... I'm very lucky... I. I work from home, so I've got the silence I need there. And well, also with all the scoops that you'd be getting, you uh, really don't want to be out in the public and the open uh, sharing them. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to be sharing them either. And I actually like the fact. I think I probably do get. I, I'm always in work mode because I, I I work from home. I think that if I actually had an office, when I leave the office, I'll probably come home and I wouldn't want to be doing as much work. So it's for the so for the sake of my website, it's a good thing that I that I'm at home because it's a twenty four seven office there. So, but who knows? I might, I might do it. In, I might do it at some stage. I have been thinking about. It's a pretty central area where I live, so it's not very difficult to drive anywhere. But I'm beginning to think now, especially because I'm getting out a lot more with this website now. It would actually be good just to have a base somewhere that you can have someone come. So we, we'll see. I'll, I'll, we'll see how this co-working. Hang on. Well, this could be a scoop here. Mark Polisco is looking for office space. <laughs> no, no, don't, because I'll get every leasing agent <laughs> in Melbourne ringing me up, and it's like, no, there'll only be one or two people there. Well, I will. I will at some point. Because I would like to separate it from the house, but um, yeah, no. For the moment, I I, I, I like living. I like working in silence. And I like working at home. So I don't. I don't think that's for me. How about you? Have you ever done a co-working space before? Yeah, yeah. Um, as I said, it was. Uh, you've got to have patience, and sometimes it's the other people that you're sharing with. 
can um, you know can be annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I understand so, that. Yeah. Well, when I go to when I used to go to work for um, the last company I was at, they had three different or two different offices, and often I'd have to go in there. They'd be editing something that I'd be producing, and I had to be there for the whole day. And for that same reason, I had to go and work in my car because it was like I just need silence. So I'd, I'd bring my laptop down to my car and I'd work there until I'm next required. But then I'd go back in the office and. People are just talking all the time. It's, yeah, couldn't, couldn't handle it. So I, I don't know how this open plan office concept's going. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, we're just the journo dinosaurs. Yeah, I think so. We, we, <laughs> we, we, miss, we miss the 1990s, I think. <laughs> Good um, old days, closed offices, corner offices. Thanks very much, Mark, for joining us. And I um, look forward to talking property with you next week. No worries. Speak soon. <laughs>